Hi, I'm Kevin DeCristofano. I'm Sean Flanagan. And we are the Ninja Turtle Nerds, your weekly podcast covering the Ninja Turtle comic books, one revival issue at a time. And joining us this week is our very good friend, Dan. How you doing, Dan? Hey, I'm good. I'm your good friend. Danny Martins. I'm a turtle nerd. Um, are, they, are the episodes we we didn't totally pre-record going to be back-to-back? It's going to be like, hey, well, Yeah, they're going to be back-to-back, yep. Ah, uh, you remember me from last time. <laughs> yeah, last week you heard Dan. Yeah, hey, uh, hey folks, what a week. What a week it's been. <laughs> <laughs> and, yeah, we're here to talk some turtle comics. There is something I wanted to bring up uh, to Sean, uh, something that I had in my notes here that I forgot about. Just an interesting life lesson I had happen this week. So oh, yeah. pre- previously on the podcast, previously on, um, <laughs> I had mentioned that I was I was kind of in like a nostalgic uh, Pokemon mood lately. And I, I had mentioned on the show it was weird because I never really got too into Pokemon. I, I played the first game and then the only other one I played was Pokemon Black. And it was weird because the first one I played was blue. So I played black and blue. But uh anyway, uh Bruiser. <laughs> little Bruiser. Uh so I, those are the only Pokemon games I played. But I was in my attic the other day. Up in my attic is a lot of the games that I don't have any room for. And I saw that I have Pokemon Soul Silver. And I was like, I have no memory of owning this game. What the heck? You know, I must have bought it in like a lot with like a collection or something. I throw yeah. it in my DS. There's a fifty hour long file on there so i played a lot of this game and i have zero memory of it where did you so, buy it with the file on it no no it's mine it's it's no. just it's, it has my name on it <laughs> so is i'm it just like the pokemon game you blacked out during <laughs> i'm like does any of this mean anything like i'm doing this other thing where i'm like knocking off the bucket list of games and I'm like is there even a point because I'm going to play this game and I'm not even going to remember I played it in five years like this is really messing with my mind <laughs> it's just a whole okay. period of my life done it's okay until you start a podcast with have you guys played this Legend of Zelda thing I found then I'm going to be concerned <laughs> Well, you know what's sad is the same thing happened to me later on today is I was looking at, uh, I was looking at games I had on the Wii and I was like, I didn't know I had Smash Brothers Brawl for Wii. Like, <laughs> it's just like, how many games do I have? I don't even know I own. <laughs> how many purchases have I made in a complete fog? I thought I gave up on Smash Brothers during the GameCube era, but I guess I, I went the, to uh... Wii. I have the Smash Brothers for Wii U, and it's the only Smash Brothers I ever had gotten because I never, could never really get into it. And then uh, I remember someone like gave it to me, and it was like just gave it to me for free, and so I tried it, and it's just it's not for me. Sorry, <laughs> no, it's uh, I I always found it to be like too tiny, even with my glasses, even on a big TV. I'm like, oh, because oh, yeah, I, I too guess much I could going on. It does zoom out a lot. Danny gets overstimulated. <laughs> I mean, here, here's the controversial take. So I think Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Smash Up on Wii is better than Brawl. Okay. Ooh, I, gotta, I haven't played that. 
Well, I actually, the reason I didn't even know I owned Brawl was I always thought my favorite Smash was, was Melee on GameCube, and I thought it peaked there. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, regardless, anyway, Smash. none of this is about Ninja Turtles. I mean, Squirtle's a turtle in Pokemon, but they, that's about as close as we get here. Squirtle's a turtle. <laughs> <laughs> something, something. Wait, I bought this game? We're here to talk about Image Comics. Ninja Turtles, issue 24, it's untitled like the rest of them, and it is the return. It's back. But they got all the same people. Cover artists, Frank Fosco, story, Gary Carlson, pencils, Frank Fosco, inks, Mark Hickey, lettering, Pat Brousseau. And this issue is going to be the newest comic we talk about for a while. Well, I guess the next three are. Came out in July of 2020. That was when, whoa, that was when, uh, IDW finally finished the image comics run. So it went from October 99 to July of 2020 to get the next issue in this story. I was, I was ending my 19th year. I'm getting ready to turn 20. Bookending the episodes here. I'm getting ready to turn 20 in August. That was a long yeah, year, man. I, I measure years different than than you people. <laughs> I don't even remember what happened. List that long, and the shop finally called up and was like, hey, the next one came out. It's like, it's been 20 years. I finally have a reason to leave the house. <laughs> yeah. Someone had a pull list that was just Image Comics Turtles. They got a call 20 years later. So anyway, let's take a look at what was going on when this comic was released. Movies released July 2020. This is going to be so weird. (laughs) So again, of course there were a lot of movies that came out in July of 2020, even though it was the pandemic year. So not as much as normal. And I'm not sure all of these even got theatrical releases, but... Oh wait, 2020, not... Wow, so no, I'm, I'm wrong. I said I was turning 20, that's not right. Oh yeah, forty in twenty twenty. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this I am, was. I was thinking two thousand. Yes, you were. Yeah. <laughs> so I the, don't have the movies that came out in uh, in, in the pandemic year. July, we got the King of Staten Island, which I don't know if you guys have seen. Yeah, it I was, saw that at home with my wife. We we uh, me too. We did the home release. Yeah. I saw it at home with your wife. No, <laughs> I saw it at home. With- <laughs> No, uh, I thought it home with my wife, and um, I thought it had a lot of similarities to Garden State. <laughs> it was very Garden State like reminiscent Garden to me. State? What's that? It's like Garden State, but with what's-his-face? In the sense that it's like a love letter to, like, where he's from, just like Garden State kind of was. And it's, and it's like a... And mental illness. It's, and mental illness, and it's, like, quirky and, like... Not like a traditional, like it's kind of you know it's indie. It's a very indie movie feel to it. So, I uh, yeah, it reminded me of Garden State a lot. I liked it, and I liked Garden State. So, so another movie that came out in July of 2020 that I actually saw was Unhinged, which is a road rage movie, either starring Russell Crowe. You got it. Or, what's that? Gibson. Or Mel it had Gibson. It, first, it had to be Russell Crowe if it was 2020 because. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Have you I, forgiven him for his sins yet? It was very badly written, from my memory. I didn't see memory. Unhinged. <laughs> I was, didn't see it either. 
But it's funny to me that, like, all this stuff from, like, the 90s, like, Kevin's like, oh, I didn't see it. He's like, I've seen that. We're two for two. I haven't seen either of these movies, and neither one of them are old. Well, there was a lot of a lot of free time during the lockdown. I didn't see other stuff. I didn't see this out. movie though. You know what else came out that probably didn't get a theatrical release? Scoob. Do you know what even know what Scoob is? It's a Scooby Doo movie, but I guess they shortened the title to just Scoob. Yeah, was it animated? I have no yeah, idea. I, I think so. Seen that either. I never I, got uh, into Scooby-Doo at all, period. I love Scooby-Doo, but I love the live-action movies that James Gunn wrote. Oh, yeah, yeah, yep. Those are good. That's good. Those are you know what? Good. I, I'm, I'm looking through July. I didn't see a single movie that was released <laughs> July 20. So one of my favorites of these that I also saw, so I got three out of these four, was The Old Guard. It was on Netflix, I think, and... I really want that to become popular because I have all those comics. <laughs> so I want, want that to go up. So you, Is there you another, like I feel like I watched a lot of movies at home. My wife even got me a projector for my 40th birthday so I could Ooh. create a movie theater in the living room and I was jobless for a little while. So I, I feel like I watched a ton of movies and you named four movies. I uh, maybe saw one. Here you go. There is a sequel coming for that one, Kevin. So there you go. Yeah, yeah, because there was a second. So the first movie was based on the first arc, which was like five issues, I think. And then that one's going to be based on the second arc, which is another five issues. They split it into like volumes. It's a really good comic book series. I highly recommend The Old Guard. Or you could just watch the movie. Good thing. <laughs> the Billboard number one song it was the same song the whole month, Rockstar by DaBaby. Don't know it. I don't know that. The baby. Nintendo Power cover. There is no Nintendo Power anymore. So these segments are getting a little different because it's 2020 now. There's no Nintendo Power. So what I did was I just made a list of four video games that were released in July that I recognize. What about the PlayStation Magazine cover? You know what? That don't exist either no more. It's all done. Uh, Death Stranding came out July 14th. Didn't play it. Radical Rabid Stew came out July 16th. I don't know what that is. It's a Rabbids game. I only know them from Mario, and I didn't even play that What about the Game Informer cover? <laughs> Paper Mario the Origami King came out yep. on Switch, so that's what would have been game. on Nintendo Power. I love that game. I do, too. It's got a great sense of humor. Like, three-fourths of the way in, it becomes a Zelda game for some reason, and they don't even really explain why. Uh, it's it's a really good game. It's just really good. I got my Switch right next to me, actually. And then I the did. last one that I had here, Destroy All Humans, came out July 28th. I love the original uh, one. I, uh... TV events, the top streamed shows. We're into streaming now, oh, which is I, something we probably won't bring up on this podcast again for a while. Because, like, there were no good TV events. It's 2020. Top stream shows. I got the top ten here. The Babysitter's Club on Netflix. Nope. I think that's a remake. Uh, Frozen 2, Disney+. Whoa. Plus. God. Down to Earth, Netflix. Oof. The Office, Netflix. Eh. The Floor is Lava, Netflix. No. Nope. I love The Floor is Lava. Nope. Who watch it? <laughs> Palm Springs, Hulu. Come on. These are top streamed. 
never heard of Hannah on Amazon. Nope. The Old Guard on Netflix, which I still recommend. Unsolved Mysteries Netflix. Ooh. And the number one streamed show that month was Hamilton on Disney Plus. I mean, I definitely streamed it. Probably that month, because I streamed it when it came out with my kid, and I love it. I, I'm i really wondering what the hell I was doing in June 2015. <laughs> There's like 3,000 shows that didn't make that list. How how are none of the things I like popular? <laughs> Well, I mean, I'm not, I'm not too far off from you guys. I mean, I, I watched, uh, like I said, The Floor is Lava, The Old Guard, and Unsolved Mysteries, and that was the only thing on that list into, I watched. Uh, my wife and I got into The Circle on Netflix at that time, oh, and, and Love is Blind. Oh, God. And there was no Saturday Night Live because it's July, so we can go right into talking about this comic book's cover. So... One it's thing that weird. I think is and interesting looks like he has black slicked back hair coming out of his eyes. <laughs> he does. He's got like a black bandana on. So one thing I think is worth noting about this cover is so like we said, there was like a 20 year gap in this story. And where there's a gap, there's a fan way. base will fill a fan base where there's a gap in a fan base, a fan base will fill the gap. So for years there was a fan-made ending to this story that we're going to cover in a future episode. And this cover is like an homage to the cover of the unofficial issue. Oh. Does that make sense? Okay. I don't love this cover. No, but it doesn't have any it like more. it doesn't have any like movement. It's very stiff art-wise. Blame the fans. <laughs> Sorry, this issue is available where all the other ones have been available. Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Urban Legends Volume 2, be it physical or comicsology, whatever you want to do. Let's turn the cover open and see what's going on inside this comic book. Okay. Leonardo, Raphael, and Pimico are going to find uh, Karai, hoping that she can identify the Lady Shredder. And Leonardo kind of suspects it's her already, which I'm pretty sure they think the readers are suspecting that it's Karai as well. It's that classic thing that comics do where the answer is so obvious, you know it can't be the answer. You know what I mean? Yeah. And But sometimes it is. Like, I remember when they were doing Hush, when that was first coming out, that Batman story, they had like a mail-in contest to guess who Hush was. And if you read that story now, it's so obvious in retrospect who it is. But at the time, yeah. I, I didn't know. I thought it was Jason Todd because he hadn't returned to comics yet at that point. And all the evidence kind of made sense for Jason Todd. So, Kind of weird it's Harry Osborn as Lady Shredder, but, you know, <laughs> things you just have to go with. Oh, Peter. So Karai has been in New York City for three months, living in the same building where they first met Karai. And Raphael is like, hey, the foot don't even own this building no more because I sold it. And Leonardo's like, you you sold it to a shell corporation that's owned by Karai. I which... now have hush, hush, Karai, Karai. <laughs> <laughs> so Raphael sold this to a shell corporation that's owned by Karai. What's not mentioned is why she's so attached to this building. It's it's kind of like it only happened that way so the turtles would be able to find her this issue. 
Like, yeah. why did you, why did you want to keep it? It like picks up. Is like, the... Does it pick up right from where the last one left off? Where they're just like, oh yeah, buildings and looking for Karai. But they didn't. Did they ever go party and have the ice cream? It was melting. <laughs> Unknown. The pizza was getting cold. Well, Mikey this... and Donatello are still back at the place. Maybe they're eating it. I hope you like penicillin on your pizza. <laughs> This is the building Shredder died on. So. Oh, it is? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I can't think of any reasons. It's been 20 years. You expect me to know. <laughs> Let's release I this episode the- 20 years later like the Image Comics did. <laughs> <laughs> it's just like a fan-drawn cover yeah. for it where I'm like... See if anyone makes a fan podcast that speculates what we'll say. So Leonardo dives off the roof while Raphael and Pimico fight foot ninja that are on the roof. Pimico shouts Cowabunga, which I thought was a nice touch. She can't steal the tagline though. <laughs> she's mooching off of it. She's she's, she's well, trying. To, I know what you're saying. She's like a like a stepmom was trying to like fit in too quick. Trying like to like be cool with the teenagers. Like you yeah, boys exactly. keep me young. Cowabunga. <laughs> So Leonardo crashes through the window and finds Karai just waiting for them, which that's that's comic books, baby. Uh, here we find out that Karai's daughter, Amai, who we thought was killed during City at War, only I like how they say only only suffered uh, being brain dead. <laughs> she's like, oh, they're, she's just brain dead. Uh Karai left the foot in order to care for her. Meanwhile, Shadow is watching April on the Oprah Winfrey show. How did you guys feel about this Michelangelo book being in the Oprah book club? I thought it was a little little much. It's very pop culture 99. And again, like, yeah. I know it's 20 years later, but like, again, like the Turtles always did pop culture references. Like in the old show, they were always watching like, Godzilla-like movies and things of the time. So, like, it... I, I get that. I get that. It's just, like, logistically... I don't know how books work, I guess. Because <laughs> yeah. I feel like an unknown... Well, I guess her book club did pick out, like, unknown authors. It's just... Yeah. I don't know. I, it's hard for really, me to believe he'd get such well, a book. So, so he was... He's famous, right? Like, the Terrells are out of the shadows, if you will. Not in, not in this. Not yet. No. Not and, yet? And he's oh. kind of ghostwriting this. Oh, because yeah. April's taking credit for it. See, yeah. I, again, I jumped in, so. <laughs> All right, so he goes wrote it through April. But April's like a, I mean, April's what? Is she, is she doing the news in this one? No. She's she got, no. She used to be a lab assistant, and what is she doing for work now, do they say? I, I know she, she owns the building they live in, and so she's collecting rent there. But. Yeah, she's a lab assistant in the run I read where... Um, she's a landlord, I guess now, but she's yeah. the landlord. Again, the Oprah book club thing. Like, I want to know what this book is about. Is there a part where Oprah goes? So, why did you write a book about lizard people falling in love? Like, <laughs> I just want to know what the hell it's about. So, Doctor X, uh, who's supposed to be a smart Utrum, is apparently a moron. <laughs> because he's he's basically like, why is April taking credit for your book, Mikey? And it's like, it's obvious that he can't do a book tour. And, you know, it's obvious why April is on, on there. It, he acts like 
hey, Mikey, did you know April was doing this? You know what I mean? Like, he acts <laughs> like she did it behind his back. Yeah. Um, it sound like him and Leatherhead would go out and sing karaoke. Like, we're out in public all the time. So it's just like, why don't you just go on a show? Like, So as they're having this conversation, the cybernetic armor from Donatello starts falling off of him. And... Yep. Uh, Shadow kind of pokes at it and it starts melding with her and she, she shouts that it's biting her so I guess it doesn't feel too good because she says it's biting her. Wow. Um, while this is happening, Donnie is meditating and searching the astral plane for Splinter. And we see Splinter is still corrupted by Chang. Chang is still siphoning off Splinter's strength in the astral plane, which is interesting because we saw last issue he was out fighting. So I don't know if he broke his hold for that or if he can fight and be in the astral plane at the same time, but he was fighting Raphael on the roof last issue. I was just really disappointed the astral plane came back because it's kind of tired and done at this point with it. Nah, they're going to cram it in every issue of the, the image run. And as Michelangelo tries to get the cyborg armor off a of shadow, a piece starts going after Splinter, who's passed out on the floor. Damn. Dr. X, seeing this, fires off an EMP, which not only, st- that's an, an electromagnetic pulse, for those of you who don't know. Uh, it stops it from progressing. Uh, but it also shuts down Donatello's exoskeleton. Now Donatello's waking up in the astral plane because the last time this happened, uh, the, the, the armor, well, the armor's trying to leave him and he's like, well, I must be dying because the last time the armor tried leaving me, it was because I was dying. Yeah. And then we go, we cut away. <laughs> we don't need to figure out where that went right now. Back at Karai's whatever hospital apartment, uh, <laughs> Pimico <laughs> insists that Karai is lying to Leo. And Karai then starts basically mocking Pimico, saying, How sad, born of illegitimacy, unloved, and yet desperate to continue Shredder's legacy. And and I, I really like this part where she says, I don't want his approval, I want his armor. Because, you know, it's pretty sweet yeah, armor. Very, very hell-bent on the armor. It's it's hers, she said. Belongs to me. Yeah, she's very much like uh, the guy from Star Wars there with the the lightsaber. That That lightsaber belongs to me. Kylo Ren, that's his name. Took me a minute. She's like that one guy from uh, Star Wars with the lightsaber. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, the guy. So then in three panels, Karai slaps Pimico knocks yep. her sword from her hand and flips it around and grabs the handle, which I thought was really cool. And she's pointing it at Pimco, gives her the old, you have much to learn, and then hands her her sword back. And then does kind of like a, this is your life reveal, where she's like, perhaps you will listen to someone you've known most of your life. <laughs> and uh, behind door number one. Behind, yeah, door number one. Uh, Warlord Komodo steps out, who Dan probably doesn't recognize. He's an image exclusive as well. No. 
uh, he's just a, some mob guy that can turn into a lizard. I feel like he was just brought back in, like, because they were like, oh, oops. <laughs> he's just there. It didn't make any sense to me that Karai and him would be talking. It is interesting that they communicate with each other. It's almost like they had like a mutual problem. But yeah, yes, it works like that. But to be fair, they didn't like suddenly have the mob guy come back. Yeah. So thank I'm God glad we get enough of him. <laughs> Which is interesting because isn't that a storyline that's dangling right now? The la- didn't we like last see the mob guy? He saw Shadow on the parade and was like, "I got to get my granddaughter back." And that's kind of just like in the air. But well, anyway. I'm okay with that. Yeah. So here's where things get a little complicated. A little. Komodo, <laughs> Dragon Lord, whatever, Warlord, whatever you want to call him, says that Pimco's mother, and I'm not going to be able to pronounce this, Kujikiri? Yeah, close enough. Kujikiri was Warlord Komodo's sister. She was an assassin known as the Headhunter, which I don't think they ever used that term again, so I don't know why. That's got to be a reference to something, because I don't think they ever say it again, so I don't know why they point out she had, like, a superhero name, you know? Yeah, because... Maybe that's an Image Comics character? Possibly. I'll do research for next week. I feel like I'm missing something. So anyway, Kujikiri is Komodo's, Komodo Warlord's sister, Headhunter. Komodo's sister, Pimiko's mom, was tasked with assassinating Oroku Saki, which led the Shredder, (laughs) if you're somehow listening to this and don't know, Uh, (laughs) which led to her becoming pregnant with Pimiko by Oroku Saki. So mission failed, I'd say. <laughs> we want you to kill yeah. this guy. Uh, I accidentally had his baby. Kujikiri didn't baby. want this child. So what she did was she let the child be raised by its uncle, who's... It's uncle. <laughs> we know the child's a girl. <laughs> by her uncle, Komodo, uh, Warlord Komodo. And that's like a... So that's that's the backstory for... For Pimico. And after calling her. I had no idea. <laughs> it, it's just occurring to us as well. We are learning all this, this issue. Wow. So after calling her ungrateful, Komodo attacks Pimico, and Leonardo attempts to stop him, but is stopped by Lady Shredder. So now Lady Shredder gets in on the trash talk that's been going around and mocks him for still not figuring out who she is. But this is where he figures it out because now it finally dawns on Leo when she morphs her hand into a hammer. He's like, which I don't know why this rang the bell for him because Donatello can do that too. But he's like, there is nobody in the armor. She is the armor is what he's thinking here. So if you guys, Dan won't, but Sean, if you remember, (laughs) Long, long ago, there was an issue where Donatello saved that, like, Play-Doh monster named Lurch. He was, like, a mindless, shape-shifty thing. Uh, And he saved it by, like, sending the nanobots onto him. 
I guess that's who this Lady Shredder is right now. Or who's in that body. Hmm. Nano Lurch? Nano Lurch, exactly. And Grandpa Lurch. Lurch. So, (laughs) Raph basically figures out that Karai's been the one wiping out the Foot Clan in New York and argues that they they could have worked something out. You didn't have to go about it this way. And she says as the Japanese branch came calling, uh, they would have had to s- sell out Raph either way. So it's, it's kind of a moot point. Raphael tries to argue that he suspects Chang was the cause, and uh, Karai says that he no longer has to worry about Chang. Not he sure was why. killed off. And then we go back to Donatello, which is the story that's a little more focused. <laughs> Donatello is trying to reboot his armor. He's trying to control alt delete himself. And, <laughs> and he thinks that he's dying because it just keeps falling off of him. And Dr. X says that it's still as alive as ever. And he's been healing underneath it. And he thinks the armor has actually been preventing him from healing so that it could continue to leech off of him. And just as we get this information, Shadow smacks Donatello in the head with the prosthetic hand. Michelangelo's like, hey, what's going on here? And she says that she attacked him because the the cyborg armor is biting Dr. X. And that's where the issue ends. I just feel like this issue devolves into just confusing. So, wait, so who's that little blonde girl again? That's okay. Casey and his daughter. So, Casey Jones... After uh, a misadventure, <laughs> goes off and meets. Uh, and meets... Sakio Jimbo pregnant? No. <laughs> uh, he he goes and meets a girl named Gabe, and Gabe had a daughter when he met her. Um, no, no, yeah, she had the daughter when he met her. No, she was pregnant. That's okay. It took me a second there. She was pregnant when he met her, but they get married anyway, and she has the baby, and then How she dies. Uh, and then she dies and Casey now has the baby and then Casey and April get back together. So like biologically, it's not either their daughter, but it's basically their daughter. Oh, so they're like raise the baby. They're, yeah, they're raising Gabe's baby because she did. Gaby. <laughs> <laughs> and what's Gabe's baby's name? Shadow. Oh, that's Shadow. Oh, yes. why was I thinking Shadow was, never mind. I, there was another female character. Maybe I'm not recalling the name from another run. Never mind. I think she has like one, Fox Ninja Powers or something. One thing I thought was cool about this issue that even it, even though it was released in 2020, they kept up with the 90s like uh. type of conversation. Because there's a point where he says, uh, "I had Donnie hack a few websites." And I was like, that's exactly how it would have been written in 1999, but nobody would write it that yeah. way today. And it would have taken him three tries, and he would have yeah. got on the third <laughs> one. Yeah. Yeah. So no one's hacking websites in 2020. <laughs> so what would you rate this one, Dan? Uh, I just had fun with it. I mean, I'd probably – it's all over the place, like kind of like the last one. For me, like – just jumping in, I would I'd go with your rating for the other one, maybe a three, three and a half. Okay. Um, I I just would love to know what's going on. Again, I thought it was fun, um, but 
I think all turtles is fun, but it's just it's 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 very um muddled, right? Because there's like yeah, it's getting very convoluted, and yeah, which is like weird because there's only know. two issues left in this run, so <laughs> you'd think they'd be trying to simplify at this point. Could I pick nope. this one up? No. Okay. No, not. I mean, I could pick it up and go, huh? But like, <laughs> I could pick it up and go, oh, I got twenty years of the comics. <laughs> I think what they were doing is because they brought all the original people back for this, they were probably like, oh, you're going to let us finish our story? Well, I mean, we had like ten more issues planned, and they were like, we'll give you three. And and that's basically what happened is it's a so lot crammed Spider-Man in. three of comic books. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> we'll put everything in it. And speaking of threes, that's what I gave this issue. I, it was a little less than last issue for me. Yeah, I'm not loving this one, but like I said. What did you give it, Sean? I went with a 3.8 just because Ooh. within 20? the last... I mean, How it, pointy is the 8? It's pretty pointy. No, it's curvy. Uh, yours is curvy, mine's pointy. How know. do you draw 8s? Like diamonds, two diamonds. <laughs> <laughs> That S infinity thing from the nineties oh, yeah. was on everything. Um, I don't know. Like it's an entertaining issue, but like you said, it's like I don't know why they're making it more complicated than it already was. I'm like, sticking I with almost, my theory. I think they, instead of simplifying their story, tried telling all the story they had left planned. That was probably more yeah. than three issues. I mean, they're trying to like remind you of 20 years back, get you interested yeah. in going back. Cause that's, I mean, I feel like with any writing, they got to get you interested in what came before it. Right. Yeah. Um, they're trying and then they got to get you to move forward. So like, I feel like they're just trying to like, Hey, remember this, but it's been so long and they have to put so much into it to get it going. And then they have like all this stuff they want to achieve to Kevin's point. It got too, I said muddled convoluted is a good word. It got too convoluted. It's just like too much. Too many hands and in a turtle soup. I don't feel like any of the revelations are earned. They just seem out of nowhere. Yeah. Yeah, it's like like I said, like it the most logical thing was for Lady Shredder to be Karai. So they were like, We're gonna make you think it's Karai, but then we're gonna make it a character that you're barely gonna remember existed. And then it gets even more complicated next issue, which we'll get to next week. But yeah, but even yeah. the Pimico thing, like, they they overcomplicated her whole backstory, and it's like, ah, he's actually your uncle, and it's like, okay, well, you could have probably made that a little simpler. <laughs> well, I'll be a turtle's uncle. <laughs> <laughs> so for my title this week, I went with the only part of the story that made sense to me. My title for this was EMP Hits TMNT. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. Mine, mine's just twenty something years later. I'm gonna go with uh, Squirtle's the turtle. <laughs> I mean, technically that fits. So yeah, ninety nine. Yeah, yep. All right, Dan. Uh, you should remind our listeners because they are a forgetful bunch uh, where oh. they can find you. <laughs> So, uh, yeah, you guys can find me uh, on the Internet. Uh, if you check out my Instagram, it's Dan Martin Comedy. Um, 
Fan Martin is my group on Facebook. It is a little hoity-toity. It's a private group, so you're going to be like, whoa, I got a request to join, but I've gotten hacked, so requests. That's just to keep the riffraff out, yeah. Just to keep the riffraff Any sensible out. group does that. Yeah, and then you can also find me, uh, uh, like I said, Instagram Bandcamp, if you want to hear some comedy, uh, at uh, danmartincomedy.bandcamp.com, or you can send me an email at danmartincomedy at gmail.com if you want to me to send you stuff. Or book me. Cool. Well, thank you so much for taking the time to to do these uh, nonsensical issues with us. We'll have you back next season. It should be a little bit easier to suss out. We'll try to get you like in early on in the season where because it's you know oh, the yeah. continuity kind of resets for volume four. By so, then I'm uh, gonna be like playing with my new uh, turtle play sets. Uh, all right. A lot comes in and I'm gonna have my own storylines. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Reenact them. <laughs> 